And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, it's go time. We are live from the bunker. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here. Let me turn that down just a little bit. I want to, uh, first of all, say hi to everybody. And also... Uh, we'll get it. We'll get into some stuff. But yeah, we are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hutt. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Sci-Fi for Me dot com, Sci-Fi for Me TV, Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Uh, you can check out this and other programs on various different podcast platforms. Just a tad hot, they say. Okay. And if you are listening to this show as a podcast, I do want to invite you to check out the live video from time to time. And with regard to yesterday, I want to offer up official apologies for the garbage audio that we had. I just uh, it was it was not something. See, I hear it coming from a different place than where you hear it and so when y'all are saying it's hot or it's crunchy or whatever um that's, that's something that i was i wasn't hearing just how bad it was so uh you have my sincerest apologies for that i'm i'm doing my best i think i think we've dialed everything in where it's supposed to be maybe so we'll we'll see if that's if that's got it um let me give you a word that you can drop into those of you who are with me live here. Um, let me give you a word that you can use, and I will automatically know that there is something you know seriously, seriously going on with the audio. Overmodulated. That's a that's a key word. Well, all of the stuff that we had yesterday, where it sounds really loud, is all that gravel and grumble and roll and rolling stuff. Overmodulation is is nine times out of ten what's causing that, and I I know where the buttons are that I can adjust for that as opposed to other problems. So hopefully it won't happen again, and I am I'm I'm very sorry. All right, SB says first Monday in Dallas, time to test the sirens at noon. Uh, reminder of the Cold War. Yeah, we have uh, we have a uh, our our <coughs> excuse me we have our first Wednesday of the month uh, siren test here at eleven o'clock. Uh, every first Wednesday, so uh, it is, you know, it you know, tornado warning, hurricane, apocalyptic riots, and zombie outbreaks. And there's all sorts of reasons why you would need the siren uh, when it becomes necessary to need the siren. Hopefully, we're not actually going to need the siren anytime soon. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, I think. <laughs> I think I got the chat widget working here, so let's scroll through and say hi to people. Keith Chow's here, Death Angel Shadow's here, Dave's here, uh, so uh, and then uh, Mrs. Boss here. Sa- having safe words? What does that mean? I don't. The word. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Boss thinks she's being funny. She thinks that overmodulation is a safe word. <clears throat> 
it's it's not it's not a safe word so just i'm just saying i'm just saying it's not a safe word <laughs> you know i you know <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Dave asked, you make you wonder what the siren for a Stone Martin Weasel invasion would sound like. I think it sounds like a Mercedes horn, uh, the horn on a Mercedes, because apparently, see, this is this is where I first learned of the Stone Martin Weasels, because this is a big problem in Germany. The Stone Martin Weasels have an affinity for chewing on uh, wiring. Specifically, they love to chew on the wiring inside the engine of a Mercedes, as opposed to other car models, makes, and whatnot. For whatever reason, they have a preference for Mercedes automobiles uh, in which they can chew these wires. So that's that's where I, I first learned about these things, and I looked them up, and they actually are a real thing. Stone Martin Weasels. And I'm hoping that they don't migrate to the United States. But sometimes we get a little, every now and again, we get a little problem here, uh, you know, stone martin weasel or, or a gremlin or something that causes some issues. And uh, yesterday we had a doozy of a one. So I, you know, I, it's not, it's not fun. It's, it, it Every time I pull this machine apart and rearrange things and reconnect things, there's always some glitch in the matrix after I put it all back together. And I don't know what caused the problem we had, but hopefully it's solved. So I'm going to listen to the chat. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take my cue from the chat. So if you hear anything that sounds off, uh, please let me know. And those of you who are listening as a podcast, I've managed to do some, some sound cleanup on yesterday's show. But if you're listening as a podcast and if you hear a problem, uh, you can also send us feedback. I mean, the easiest way to do it is to send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Or you can leave a comment anywhere where you listen to the show or, or watch the show. So uh, that's, the, that's, that's how we do that, as they say. All right, Milton Knowles, the Insane Witch King, says it's because they have good taste in riddles and because oh they have good taste in vehicles i see see wouldn't it be nice if we could if we could edit everything like oh wait no i i did that sci-fi snob says the audio is okay today so that's good <sighs> hopefully hopefully it stays that way all right uh anyway when we mentioned the email also on mention that we do now have a discord server and you could join us over there for that. The links are in the show notes, and I'm sure Death Angels will be dropping it in the chat as well. If you are uh, watching us over on Odyssey, the live chat is active there too. And on both channels, we do have memberships now, so you can join and support us that way if you are so inclined. Now, I know about 62% of the people that watch this show are not subscribed, and that's okay. You don't have to be. I haven't gotten to a point yet where I'm sitting there going, well, we're going to do a subscribers-only show. We'll get there eventually, maybe. But, you know, there it is. All right, so uh, a couple of updates here. One on Jeremy Renner. We're finding out a little bit more details about the accident. 
apparently uh, he was helping a family member who was stranded and he got out of the snowplow to help said family member and the snowplow apparently started moving and when he tried to get back into it to stop it it ran over him so that's what we're finding out today this is a report in uh in the daily mail over in the uk uh so we're 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 getting little bits and pieces out uh on those things we also got an update on richard hogue apparently he did have a stroke on friday uh surgery apparently went well he's responsive he's off the ventilator according to mrs hogue so uh, we do uh, want to continue our, our prayers and good thoughts for Rich, and uh, hopefully he makes a full recovery fairly soon. You know, don't want to rush it, though, but, uh, but uh, he'll, be, he'll be back on his feet in no time, hopefully. She says he's already arguing with the nurses, like a, like a good lawyer is. <coughs> so is that. <coughs> so there it is. Uh, Simon Sub says he, Jeremy Renner should have shot the snow with an arrow to clear it. Well, okay. I mean, sure. If see, and this is this is this raises an interesting question. At what point do you get to joke about tragic things? At what point do you do you start? You know, where's the we have the we have the question. What's the timetable for spoilers? Right? How long do you go before you talk spoilers? Well, how long after a tragedy happens? before it's okay to talk about it in in casual conversation and it brings to mind uh some of the some of the twitter drama that's been going on around uche's death and apparently there are some people that think that because uche was a big proponent of the of the uh, uh medicinal measures let's say that he deserved what he got and there are some people that says, well, Uche was part of that Geeks and Gamers crowd, so he deserved what he got. Let's stop that. Let's stop with that, that kind of thing. I mean, really, that's, that's, not, that's not productive at all on either side. But, you know, those of us who are sitting there going, you know, it's probably not a good idea to be calling everybody names. Let's not, let's not devolve and, and descend to that level. Come on. That's all I'm going to say about that. Speaking of the culture war, uh, which is not the topic of, of the day, but this did come across the feed uh, yesterday, and everybody is everybody's making videos on it, so we'll just make a real quick, real quick mention of it. <coughs> Apparently the Joker's pregnant. And yes, this is apparently a real thing. I, I look, folks, DC Comics, Marvel Comics have clearly demonstrated that they don't want you mo your money. Um, uh, this is this is a real thing. I went and looked into it. This is here's an article in Screen Rant. DC introduces Joker's new son with a surprise hero. Uh, this was published uh, yesterday, <clears throat> Tuesday. <sighs> I, uh, uh, all right. From the article from Screen Rant, the Joker has a brand new son with a DC Comics hero who wants nothing to do with the clown prince of crime. In Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number four, a spell from Zatanna, where she states that no one else will ever be allowed to have his baby. 
leads to the creation of a monster that Joker claims is the magical hero's son, too. In the new Joker backup story in this week, Joker, the man who stopped laughing by Matthew Rosenberg, Francesco Francavilla, and Tom Napolitano from uh, DC Comics. Zatanna runs into the Joker, who steals all the water from the Gotham River. I don't know how you do that, but okay. Joker tries to romance the magic user, but is knocked into the mud by Zatanna, who casts a spell that, quote, no one else will ever have your baby, end quote. While the spell is meant to stop Joker from ever procreating, it ends up leading to him getting pregnant and giving birth to a mud monster. And here we go. The art on this doesn't even look like Francovia. I mean, Francovia is better than this. This is this does this looks like this looks like first draft stuff. I mean, Francovia's got some good art out there. This isn't it. I'm looking at these panels. I'm thinking, wait a minute, is this is this just like a first pass or something? Because that doesn't look that doesn't look like anything. Uh, but yeah, this is from this is from the book. You know, we've got. We've got Joker pregnant. Now, look, if it's played for laughs, that's one kind of story. If it's not played for laughs, that's a completely different kind of story. And I haven't read this story, so I don't know what kind of story it is that we're looking at here. But this is the kind of thing... See. If I didn't know any better, I'd sit there and I'd ask, did an AI write this? Because this is a garbage tier idea. I, I, I this I just I'm I I'm I'm beside myself because this is just dumb. But this is the state of modern day traditional publishing comics. This is how things are. I, I, don't, I mean, what, what do you do with that? And yeah, Death Angels has the question, where did it come out? How did he give birth? You know, and people are like, is this a gag? No, not a gag. Real book. This is, this is modern era, current year DC Comics. And look, you know, we've t we talked a little bit about this whole, this whole, you know, Twitter drama, culture war stuff that's going on on social media last night on H2O. And to a point, I can agree with Mr. Harvey that we spend a whole lot of time on the social media drama that's completely unnecessary spending time on this. There's, there's no reason to give it as much oxygen as we give it. And yet... <clears throat> no. <clears throat> Despite the fact that there are so many people who are not on Twitter, who are not on, you know, YouTube or anything like that, the people who are not paying attention to this stuff, the normies as as we've all come to start calling them, these people are unaware just how impacted and corrupted our entertainment and our news media have become. Because of this crap that's going on in social media, Barry Weiss was right when she called out the, the editorial board of the New York Times. These corporations, and, and Tim's right, 
lots of people don't know anything about what's going on in social media, don't care, don't need to know, don't whatever, right? But the corporations have gotten somewhere in their head that this social media stuff matters, and we need to do things to, to pander and cater to those 12 emotionally constipated teenagers on the, on, on, the, on, the bird, on the bird site, on the Twitter site. And it corrupts the process. And then you get people like Dan Slott who does a block, a block bot on everybody. And you get Kelsey DeConnick saying, you don't like my politics, don't buy my book. I mean, we go through all of this over and over and over again. Nothing changes. But... It gets you stuff like what DC Comics is giving us with a pregnant mud monster, you know, Joker pregnant with a mud monster. I mean, where do you go from there? It's, it's like a robot chicken. That's a robot chicken sketch. That's not a serious DC Comics story. Why would you do that? Sci-Fi Snob says an AI would never write that bad a story. I've 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 actually read a couple of Batman stories written by an AI. Um, <clears throat> they were not great. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the, the demon in, uh, in Kevin Smith's Dogma, right? Yeah. Dave's got it. Corporations will listen to those 12 people, but try getting a hold of a company these days. They've gone out of their way to prevent customers from contacting them. And that see, and that's that's another that's another aspect of this, right? Because your customer service stuff and all of this stuff becomes becomes automated. And you know, press one for this, press two for that, and press three three for Spanish, and press four for customer service, and press five for this, and press six for this. Blah, blah, blah. And to listen to all of this stuff over and over again, press nine. But it doesn't ever give you any option to talk to a real human being. And that gives us our segue into the topic for today because so much of what we do these days, so much of the, the interactions that we're having with corporations and with social media is happening with AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning, bots. And we've also got corporations that are using robots to perform tasks especially in the in the wake of the pandemic you have people that just don't want to work so these companies are sitting there going okay we can't get we can't get any human being people to do it we'll just farm it out to a robot there's an article in Barron's magazine the rise of the robot worker why your job is f safe for now this is December 23rd. Uh, midway through a mission to deliver food at George Mason University in Virginia, the little white robot paused. A throng of students headed its way, blocking its path to its destination. The robot weighed its choices. It could let the students pass, attempt to run around, or try to barrel through. A few seconds elapsed. A decision was made. Whirring up again, the robot splintered the group as it trundled down the middle. Uh, quote, sometimes they'll come at your legs a bit, says Alice Christensen, an anthropology major who had just opened the lid of another robotic vehicle taking out her Subway sandwich. Christensen, 22, often summons the vehicles made by a startup called Starship Technologies to deliver food from a campus restaurant 
using an app similar to Grubhub or Uber Eats. She doesn't mind the fees, typically $2.50 a delivery, though she does get annoyed at the occasionally glitchy app and dozens of Starship vehicles that roam the campus making hundreds of deliveries a day. She says it's really convenient when you're pressed for time, but they can be a nuisance. Robots, while very much imperfect, are moving up in the world. Labor shortages and rising wage costs are breathing life into a new generation of robots that can handle basic tasks, from delivering pizza to sorting prescription drugs, fixing a tire, or providing room service in a hotel. The machines are called cobots for their collaborative roles with people. They're replacing workers lost in the pandemic, and they're likely to play far bigger roles in the labor force as demographic pressures, worker shortages, and technology all converge, making robot economics far more attractive. Now, I want to I want to go through a, a couple of those those parag- I want to go through those last two paragraphs. Labor shortages and rising wage costs. Let's look at that for just a second here, because in the post-pandemic economy, where businesses were killed by the government. This labor shortage comes in with people being told, stay home, don't congregate, stay in your home, stay in your home, stay in your home, stay in your home, stay in your home. Fear, fear, anger, fear, be afraid, be very afraid, comply, don't congregate, report your neighbors if they're congregating, don't let anybody have a party. If you see anyone, if you see five or six people all together, call the police. You know, it's that kind of thing. And people sit there and say, okay, well, I don't want to get out. I'm not going back to work. You know, we got all this remote work and, and, and working from home and all that kind of thing. And now you've got the, the, the country has opened back up and people still don't want to get out. I don't want to go back to work. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to work at all. You're going to give me money? You're going to give me money to stay home? You're going to extend my unemployment benefits for another six months? Sure. Sold. I'll take it. You know, they're laying the groundwork for universal basic income, and we're just going to pay you to exist. That's one That's one part of the problem here. The other thing, you've got rising wage costs. Well, how many, how many people are rioting in the streets or, or picketing or protesting or standing on the, on the steps of City Hall demanding $15 an hour minimum wage? Why not $20, $20 an hour minimum wage? Why not 25 You know, where do you go from there? And, you know, it's, it's, you know, Death Angel's right. They terrified enough people so much they may never get over their fear. It, it's, it's true. And yeah, they're paying people to be unemployed. Snob's got that right. You know, it's a manufactured labor shortage. High minimum wage makes it costly to hire unskilled workers. And that's and that goes into this, you know, well, it costs me money to hire you and train you. And and I may hire you and you last a week and you decide, well, I don't want to do this anymore. And you leave. You know, I've I don't know how many how many different places where I've been where the employee shortage is such that it's only with the only only the drive through is open. You can't come in because we don't have enough people. No, please be patient with us. Please don't yell at our team because we don't have enough people working here. We've seen all of those signs. We've seen photographs of those signs getting posted all over social media. 
The machines are called cobots for their collaborative roles with people. They are replacing workers lost in the pandemic. These workers were not lost. They were abandoned. They were told, you don't matter. You're not essential. You're not important enough to still need to be working. Now, the Amazon people, they're important enough. The Walmart people, they're important enough, at least on the, on the website side of things. They're likely to play a far bigger role in the labor force as demographic pressures, worker shortages, technology all converge. So technology is, is coming along that allows for all of this stuff to happen. I mean, we've seen the, photo, we've seen the video of the, of the um, um, who's the, who's doing the robot dogs? Um, something Dynamics. We, you know, we see, we saw the video of the hundred, the hundred robot dogs all doing everything in sync. You know, and all we got to do is throw in yeah, Boston Dynamics. Thank you. Um, all we got to do is throw an AR-15 on top of them, right? Or a grenade launcher. We'll use them for crowd control, right? Put a little, put a little rocket launcher on the back for the smoke grenades and the gas canisters. Bring them out for crowd control, right? And then what happens? Let's add lasers. Let's add microwave. Let's add, you know, giant speakers to play Van Halen's Panama at 3 o'clock in the morning for 24 hours. You know, it's, that's, that's where it goes. But the other part here, the demographic pressures. Remember what we've been talking about for, for a couple of different things. We talked about it over on Comics Division's channel. Population replenishment. Because a lot of populations, a lot of countries are aging out. You have people that are getting to retirement age or they're dying off. And you have people that are younger in their 20s and 30s who are not having kids. And so the population replacement ratio is down in various different places at dangerous levels. Japan is already past the point where their population is sustainable. They're not making enough babies to replace the people who are dying. 50 years from now, 100 years from now, what is Japan going to look like? What's Europe going to look like? What's the United States going to look like? Especially if we can't get our border secure. But the demographic pressures are part of this is basically well you know the labor force is the labor force is dying off we don't have any new workers being born so let's use robots J jeff bernstein president of the association for advancing automation it's an industry trade group he says post pandemic there are a lot of jobs that people have decided they don't want to do it's beneath me. It's too much trouble. It's, too, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I don't get paid enough. <coughs> and so you get McDonald's with 
this little kiosk where you just push the buttons. I want to, I want my Big Mac and my fries and my Coke and pop, 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 pop. And you don't ever deal with a human being because they don't, they don't, robots don't talk back. Mostly. Cobot sales are also rising steadily with 39,000 units installed in 2021. That's 50% over 2020's level and a big jump from 2017 when 11,000 were installed. By a broader definition of robot, including industrial hospitality and automated vehicles for logistics and assembly lines, and those kind of things have been around for a while, you know, the robots building cars. Total sales could hit 160 billion to 260 billion in 2030, up from 40 billion in 2023, according to estimates from the Boston Consulting Group. Much of that growth will be in services for things like hotels, meal delivery, recycling plants, and airport maintenance. Services will account for up to 170 billion of annual sales volume, BCG says, coming to dominate the sector. So robots are coming, and they will be everywhere. And I find it interesting that this projection takes us out to 2030, which is a target date for the World Economic Forum to have all of us not eating meat and not owning our cars, not driving cars, their big ambitious goals at 2030 is 0% meat consumption. <clears throat> I, I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I've seen I've seen the graphics. <coughs> they want you to not eat meat. <clears throat> How dare you? Right? <laughs> Death Angels. Don't they have fresh burgers and fries vending machines in Japan? I don't know. I haven't been to Japan. Uh, I, probably. They do, they do have a lot of stuff over in Japan that a lot of people think is, is relatively you know, innovative. They have all these gadgets and whatnot. Uh, let's see, where, where am I at here on this article? Um, the, quote, there's a reason why everyone is talking about services robots, says Patrick Schwarzkopf, managing editor of the VDMA Robotics and Automation Association, a trade group. They can do something sensible in many walks of life like flipping burgers, milking cows, surgery, or lab work. I'm sorry, I don't want a robot doing surgery on me. I don't. I won't. Not going to happen. See, for me, if you're going to do this kind of thing where you're going to have the you're going to have the robots and the and the and the and the AI and the machine learning and stuff, that's assistance stuff. That's stuff that that makes it possible for you to do things that you normally would just be a big time suck for you, right? You're doing research into an article or you need to automate something, you know, that how many how many different websites do we go to? You get the little boop in the little pop up in the window and the little chat bot. Hi, can I help you? What can I help you find something? And you start to type in this is what I want and it pops up here's some options and click here for this and click here for that right that's all AI driven that's all bot stuff and that's fine but ultimately I want to deal with a real human being I want to be able to talk to someone and say 
this is what I want, and this is when I want it, and this is how much I'm going to pay for it. You know, that, that conversation. Here's my problem I need to fix. What do you suggest? You know, that kind of thing. I don't want a robot doing surgery on me. I just don't. Yes. I think it's on. Yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) I did not make that happen, folks. I really did not. It's been wanting to do that since I moved it down to try to Uh talk to you. It keeps flying up there. Uh Uh-huh. Well, okay, let me ask you this. Do you want it to where you don't want a robot to do surgery on you like bypass? And then it sits there and knows to cut open your heart area and do No, I don't I don't want or hold let me finish. <sighs> they do have it in situations where you have the person who programs it to do it. So for instance, when I went and had my LASIK done on my eyes, obviously the doctor's not getting in there and doing the slicing and dicing, which they've done in the past before and everything. But now you have the machine where it goes in and you get underneath and they sit there and they plug in the numbers in the machine which could be a robot, I mean, however you want to sit there and define what it is, sits there and does all of it for the person. I mean, you're still getting your human interaction. No. But I, at the same time, it, it is not the human going in and actually cutting you. I don't want a robot anywhere near me for any particular reason having to do with surgery. It, it, there's There's a... There's a particular surgical technique where you've got, you know, the doctor has his hands on little controls of the widgets that are inside. Mm-hmm. That's different from a robot doing it. But I'm just asking you, where do you define, where do you have that line drawn with robot versus plugging in the numbers on a machine like <clears throat> I did for my eye surgery? Well, that's not, that's not a, that's not a thinking machine going into your going into your eye it's still programmed you're giving it instructions well the doctor the doctor says the doctor says here this 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 beep 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 boop bop right so at what point does the machine after it gets all that you can't do that dave no if, if see that's a little bit different from if i sit down and the robot comes over and decides for itself here's what we're going to do it's a there's a there's a there's a there's a control aspect to it. As long as long as there's a human involved in controlling the machine, but at the same time, I don't want automated anything when it comes to surgical stuff to, to a point. I'll, I'll, I'll allow to a point because at some moments in time, some surgeries go wrong. Accidents happen. Things, things unexpected. I get into. I'm doing the surgery, and oh, hey, we've got a bleeder. You know, whatever. There, there are things that hu- human beings can adapt and react and respond faster, more intuitively than a robot ever could. And I don't trust the machines because the machines are only as good 
as the people what program them. And I, that's 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 where that's where I'm at. As he says, we're getting into Asimovian concepts here. Yeah. Uh, well, and, 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 you know, that's a good point. A bad robot in surgery is also a big legal liability for human beings to hide behind when they do a bad job. Oops. Sorry, the machine. Well, I, look at what happened with Jeremy Renner. I mean, the snowcat's supposed to have all these safety mechanisms, and they clearly didn't work. Or and will allow for the possibility that maybe he didn't engage all of the proper safety mechanisms. Who knows? We don't know exactly what happened to all of that stuff. But this stuff is here to stay. This stuff is, is going to be coming in. And, you know, we talk here about things like respeacher and, and deep fake. <clears throat> but, you know, this is, this is getting prevalent. This is coming through. This is an article that just popped in deadline this morning. CAA Metaverse, they're a, they're a talent agency. Uh, Joanna Popper on evolving AI technology like deepfakes. She said the role of the actor is still very important with use of this tech. And this, this goes in. She's coming in ahead of the Consumer Electronics Show. She's going to be speaking out there about how AI technology is here and it's integrated. And those who are not on the cutting edge those are not those people who are not on the forefront of this integrating ai into your processes you're going to be left behind you're going to be left in the dust and this article basically talks about you know mixing the the ai into your marketing plan your emails your press releases your your news research all of the different things that take your time like say i want to do an article on, uh, well, let's say I want to do an article on the replacement of gingers by black actors in, in Hollywood in the last 10 years, right? Well, old-fashioned legwork, I would be spending most of the day looking things up and looking things up and, you know, cross-referencing and tracking. Right? You set up an AI to do all of that digging. <coughs> Google actually has something like this called Google Alerts. That was the, that was the, old, the old process. And I'm sure it's refined by now. But you can set these things up to say, okay, here are my keywords to search by and just click the button and go. And it just goes and it does its thing and sends out all these different little spiders across the web to find the stuff you need. AI chat generators, chat bots. You know, if I get on my website, I get a little chat bot, that's AI. How can I help you? I don't have one on my site. I don't plan to have one on my site. <clears throat> you know, they're saying, use use the AI to, to do a first draft of your press release. Do a first draft of your newsletter that you send out on email. Do a first draft of your, of your pitch proposal, whatever it is that you're trying to do. And, eh, maybe if it, if it learns enough, it might be able to generate something at least at a preliminary stage. But, you lose the human factor. You lose the emotional resonance that comes with a particular turn of phrase or a certain way of saying things or, you know, how you present an idea is just as important as the idea itself. And if you get this impersonal chat widget thing to create it for you, 
it loses something. And and I'm sorry. I I don't know I don't know anybody that takes a week to write a press release unless it's being written by committee. I certainly don't take a week to write a press release in my in my stuff. Uh, and here's here's another article from Barron's chat. GPT is a handy tool for client communications, and it's just getting started. Again, this is going into that whole, you know, you can use it to make uh, press releases. You can use it to generate automated emails and, and, communi- and you know, press, you know, PR communications and whatnot. Here's Cody Sanchez. She's an entrepreneur and a, and a consultant. She says... Uh, she says she's convinced those who leverage AI will make three times more than those who don't in 2023. And she goes through a list of things that she wants small businesses to keep an eye on. What AIs can do, what artificial intelligence machine learning can do, predict, predict the return on investment for ad campaigns, personalize ads for different users. I mean, we got some of this stuff because when you, know, you set, up a, a set up a campaign on MailChimp, for example... And I can put in a thing that says, dear fill-in-the-blank. It's a little widget, and it allows me to put somebody's first name in there. I don't use it. I could, but I, that's, that's, a, a, that's a possibility. Um, you know, discover uh, media posting times, the ideal times. When, when should you post things to Twitter? Remember how, how many... How many discussions have we had over the years and how many experts come in and say, well, you should be posting at 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. You should be posting at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. You know, everything changes and then everything should be a video and then everything should be this and everything should be that. Uh, Says here, Zapier, 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 I've never heard of Zapier. Now works with OpenAI, add chat GPT to, and Dolly to your Slack, Gmail, social media, etc. Say and, and Dolly is one of those image generators, right? Like mid-journey and, and we're talking about all AI artwork. So let's let chat GPT generate your press release and let's have Dolly or mid-journey create the artwork for your press release. And nobody has to be involved at any point in, in human hands needs to be involved in this stuff. I, I get automating certain things, automate certain tasks to save some time and energy, and, and I get that. I really do. You know, I understand the mentality behind Steve Jobs wearing the same outfit every single day because mental energy is expended anytime you make a decision. Whatever that decision is, what am I going to have for breakfast? What time am I going to go to bed? What am I going to wear? When am I going to brush my teeth? How am I going to brush my teeth? What do I want to drink? All, all of these different things, they expend resources intellectually. You spend time and energy making decisions. And I get it. But at the same time, I don't think it's a good idea to turn over so many things to the robots. Oh, here's marketingprofs.com. They're, a, they're a, a, an advisory, educational, here's information, white papers and research and stuff into marketing. This is a website for marketing and advertising professionals. And they're talking about using AI. 
as part of the process of you know generating press releases and generating pitch material and, and that kind of thing, advertising material. And to a certain extent, maybe it's useful. And it's entirely possible that I could use one of these things and just, oh, this is such a great thing. But I don't think so. Remember, my goal is cabin in the woods. I, I, that's, that's where I'm at mentally. And the more of this stuff comes out, the more I'm cabin in the woods. Here's National Association of Broadcasters, the one human, one machine movie studio, how AI could change Hollywood. And we've already started seeing, you know, mentioned Respeacher, we mentioned Deepfake with Luke Skywalker and, and Darth Vader. You know, we've got Deepfake for, for Mark Hamill, and now Respeacher is going to be used to keep going with James Earl Jones's voice. They've paid him a licensing fee to continue using his voice, even though he's never going to record another line for Darth Vader ever again. Somebody else will, and then they'll take it through Respeacher, and they'll make it sound like James Earl Jones. And we're back in the 90s doing Diet Coke commercials with Louis Armstrong, who's been dead how long? And, and beer commercials with John Wayne, who's been dead how long? And now we're going to just, let's, let's just create movies out of whole cloth, all AI generated with, uh, with, a bunch of, with a bunch of celebrities who are no longer with us. Let's make a new Marilyn Monroe movie that's not a documentary or a biopic. Let's, let's actually have Marilyn Monroe act in a new movie, right? Let's do a sequel to, to Some Like It Hot. I mean, this is the perfect climate for it, right? And yeah, SB, you're right. They did do some of that with Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was the beginning of it. And, hey, it works. Let's do it. And they pay him. They pay him a fee. And they say, thank you, James Earl Jones. And now we own your voice. So does that mean that CNN will have to pay Lucasfilm if they want any new material in James Earl Jones' voice? Because remember, James Earl Jones is the one who says, this is CNN, right? <clears throat> now, on the flip side of this, a reminder that sometimes... What might be a good idea turns out not to be a good idea. This is Deadline. BBC replacing robot news studio cameras in hope of consigning virtual tech fails to history. They apparently revamped their studio here a while back. BBC did. And you've got the robot cameras. And the robot cameras sometimes don't do what they're supposed to do. They'll get a mind of their own, some glitch in the code or some whatever and things. And they start moving around the studio by themselves, on their own, with no plan, with no program. You push the button, it's like, wait, no, you're not supposed to go to that corner. You're supposed to go to this corner. <coughs> what do you mean you're only standing two feet high? I've got to bend over to get into my shot? No, hold on. I remember a time when I was working at the ABC affiliate here in Kansas City. We had, a, we had a time where the robot cameras stopped being robotic. They just stopped. And I don't know what it was. If it was a glitch in the software or something happened. I want to say 
I want to say it was storm-related somehow. I think the building got hit by lightning or something happened where the robot cameras stopped talking to the control units. And the people over in the control room, they got the box for the, for the, for the remote cameras, and, and they weren't talking to each other. So for, uh, for the 5 o'clock news, we had to find people... This is, this is where it gets fun, right? We had to find people who knew how to run the cameras in the studio because half the people in the TV station anymore, they don't know how to run any of this equipment. And so you have 60, 70-year-old engineers standing there holding the camera, operating the cameras in the studio because nobody else knows how. What do you mean you don't know how to focus a camera? What do you mean you don't know how to pan and tilt and, and truck and, and all? No, they're, they're lost skills. And with every single job that's replaced by a robot, that skill set is lost. Now, in some cases, the skill set is obsolete. In some cases, it's not. But you lose that knowledge. You lose that information. You lose that skill. And when something happens that all of the computers suddenly stop working in your facility, you're going to have to know how to get things done without the computers. You need to have that knowledge. You need to have that skill set, right? Whether it's farming or broadcasting or uh, electrical engineering or medicine there's still value to reference manuals textbooks you know encyclopedias things that are printed material that you can hold in your hand and say okay this is my problem flip to page 732 and here's here's how you fix this problem right because we don't have we don't have a backup. You know, we rely so much on the cloud. We rely so much on these bots and this machine learning. It's this, you know, it's fine to help. It's fine as an assistance type of thing. But at the same time, we need to be very, very, very careful that we don't become too dependent on the machines, that we don't become so dependent on the machines that we can't do for ourselves, and then we're all fat, dumb, and happy in our floating chairs in Wally. We don't need that to happen. We don't need to be fat, dumb, happy, completely ignorant in our floating chairs, drinking our Slurpees and eating our popcorn and licorice and watching stupid shows on TV all the time. That's not a life. That's not, that's not worthwhile value living. And even if you don't have any designs on, you know, crafting or gardening or anything like that, learn a skill. Be handy with something. Learn something that doesn't depend on a machine. Because when the machines go down, and inevitably... The machine goes down, whether it's temporary, something breaks, or something. Somebody needs to be in there and say, I can do that. I can fix that. I can, I can do that job. 
It makes you valuable. It makes you more valuable than the machine. And yes, there's a certain amount of expense involved in labor costs. And that's a whole other thing because inflation being what it is and the Fed being who they are and the government being who they are, they're going to try to price you out of your job. They want to make it, to the, especially the people that are in charge right now, they want to make it so that you stay home fat, dumb, and happy. Here, we'll just hand you a paycheck to stay unemployed and not ask questions. And don't, don't post that. Don't share that. We'll lock your bank account if you don't delete that. That's coming. They absolutely want to do that to you. They're doing it to you in Canada. They're doing it in Australia. They do it in China. Your social credit score is X. You can't travel. Your social media score is green. You can buy that Cadillac. That's happening. And there are, there are people, Marxist, statist, communist, that would like nothing more than to have that going on in the United States. And having the AIs and having the bots and having the robots and having the chat widgets and the everything else may not necessarily be part of that plan, but it facilitates that plan. It helps to escalate us to the point where we're not interacting with people anymore. And if we're not interacting with people, we're not comparing notes with each other. We're not sharing stories. We're not talking to each other. We're not communicating with each other. Hey, did you hear... Did you hear this thing going on over here? Did you hear about that? Did you hear about this other thing? Did you hear what that said? Did you hear what the FBI and the CIA and the Department of Homeland Security and and the national, uh, what's the other one, NSA was doing with Twitter? You know, those kind of things. You know, and this goes back. You know, sure, there's only maybe 2 million people that use Twitter. But... The information gets out there. Now it's up to you to go share it with your normies. Say, hey, did you see how the government compromised social media to censor information that could have affected certain circumstances? Take a look at this. See, and you know, the reporter's job is to put the information out there. What you do with it afterwards is up to you. We've got to get the word of mouth out there, and you can't do that. Maybe you can do that with the AI. Hey, anytime Matthew T. E. B. posts something, share it. You know, they do have those kind of things, those little widget things that you can do. But I, I don't trust machines. And yeah, maybe that makes me sound like a Luddite, and I'll take the, the label. I don't like machines. I don't trust machines. I don't want to use the machines. I, I understand the necessity of the machines. I understand that they do have their uses. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not that far gone. But we have to stay in control of the machines. Don't let everything become so automated that you forget how to do things and go buy physical media go buy the books go buy the reference books the first aid kits and the gardening tips and the medicinal things and the and the engineering things and the art 
and the photography and the ham radio stuff and the and and all of the different things all of the different books in the classic literature and the and the comic books and the and the and the 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 record albums physical media don't 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 trust so much in the cloud put it in your hand if it's not in your hand it's not yours if it's not in your hand it's not really there and it can be taken away from you like that like that and especially especially if you're paying for it remember what i keep telling you it's your money it's your money it's your vote you have more power than you realize in controlling your circumstances when you sit there and say i'm not going to pay for that and here's why i'm not going to do business with you company corporation xyz it's my vote and i'm not going to vote for you candidate x and here's why And they don't want you to realize just how much power and control you could potentially have when you realize that it's your money. Taxes are your money. Don't let them win. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, this is starting to sound subversive. Uh, I, yeah, 1984, guys. It's not an instruction manual. It's a warning. Brave New World. It's a warning. Animal Farm. It's a warning. Uh, right, yes, we're still alive. Uh, coming to the end of our hour, so I'm going to head out. But I do want to uh, to give you that. And remind you that we do have uh, memberships open now. The Discord is open now. And um, coming up on Saturday, well, let's see. Wait a minute. Um, I'm, still, I'm still building graphics for stuff. But coming up on Saturday, we've got Good Morning Multiverse uh, back in the studio at 11 a.m. 10 Central. And with the H2O podcast now being on Tuesday nights, we are moving the Ranker Pit to Thursday nights. And I'm still working on the graphic for that. But the Ranker Pit, Thursday night. So tomorrow night, we will have a Ranker Pit. We'll be talking about the uh, new season of The Bad Batch, which first episode drops today. And so we'll be talking about that. Alexandra Trapp will be on as a guest. McKenna will be back. At least she says so. She's coming back. So we'll see about that. So that's tomorrow night at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Get on the Discord. Join the memberships if you so desire to send us some money and support us that way. You don't have to. And we'll do this all again tomorrow because Live from the Bunker is now Monday through Open Line Friday. And you can connect with us on various different social media platforms. All the video platforms are sitting there. There's a subscribe star account, our newsletter you can sign up for, all the Discord stuff. All of these, all of these links are in the show notes. Uh, so you can connect with us everywhere. And that's it. Reminder, it's your vote. It's your money. It's your power. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of sci-fi for me.com. 
Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 